8.45. So uh, Kim Yo-jong, the younger sister of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, was seen carrying around a smartphone during this week's third inter-Korean summit in Pyongyang. Chairman Kim himself is known to be an iPhone user. In fact, one out of four North Koreans, or 5.8 million people, use cell phones or handphones, as they call them, according to industry sources. And this week, we have seen key decision makers from Samsung and LG in the North. So for now, we reflect on where North Korea stands in the field of science and technology with Martin Williams, editor of the website North Korea Tech. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Some people might imagine that there's not much to cover in the world of North Korea tech. Uh, They might have the image of this country where occasionally in footage you'll see lights disappearing in hospital tours and that sort of thing and think that this is a very primitive situation. What's the reality? Yeah, when I started looking at technology in North Korea, it was very much that way. And, And in fact, in some parts of the country, it still is. You know, the electricity supply is still not reliable, um, even in Pyongyang. But North Korea has been slowly modernizing in some areas. Uh, Like other countries, it sees the potential in technology, uh, especially in the way that technology can help improve the economy. So you just mentioned the smartphone. uh, And that's been one of the the big things over the last five years in North Korea has been the expansion of this cellular network. Uh, It's a, a 3G network. So uh, at the time when it was launched, that was before 4G came, so it was state-of-the-art when it was launched. Uh, It's falling back a a little bit now because obviously there's there's faster networks elsewhere. Uh, But the North Koreans uh, do it in in their own particular way. There's no internet on it, which is a a sort of defining defining part of technology in North Korea, this lack of ability to access the internet. If we think about the technology that we use in our own countries, uh, so much of what we do these days relies on that network connection. It's, it's um, sometimes a little bit uh, difficult to remember a time when we had computers and phones and things, but they didn't have an internet connection. So um, North Korea is slowly is slowly coming forward. Um, but one of the things we've seen this week is that it, it clearly wants to, wants to go forward a little bit more and is interested in technology as a way of doing that. Can these phones, though, be engineered in a way to make sure they can access the internet? Are they are they effectively the same as as the phones that we use? Uh, yeah, in, in many respects, they are. North Korea doesn't make any of its own cell phones. Uh, all of the phones that uh, you're seeing there are produced uh, primarily by Chinese companies, uh, and then they're badged with North Korean brand names. Uh, so that's. Uh, sort of pretty much the same way that that some of the lower-level phone manufacturers in many countries uh, do it. Uh, The phones then come with a custom version of the Android operating system, uh, and they'll often have uh, things like the um, ability to connect to Wi-Fi disabled, although these days uh, North Korea is even rolling out its own Wi-Fi. But but all of this connects to a domestic network. Uh, The phones are programmed so that they can't connect to uh, foreign networks, uh, for example, if you take them up near the Chinese border or down near the South Korean border, uh, you won't be able to connect to foreign cellular networks. Uh, and uh, also on the uh, Internet side, uh, the cellular network in North Korea uh, that the regular North Koreans use uh, just has no Internet available. Um, interestingly, visitors to North Korea, foreigners, uh, can pay to get a SIM card, and their service does have internet. So it's, it's something that the cellular operator switches on and off, depending on the customer. 
But if you're a relatively skilled hacker or you have any sort of technical know-how, I mean, here in uh, other parts of the world, ordinary people just make use of VPNs, for example. But uh, I, I presume it's a bit more complicated than that. But still, there might be some ordinary people in North Korea who can get around those restrictions. It's difficult to do because there are also additional restrictions on things like what you can put on a phone. Um, for example, uh, here, you might go out onto the internet, find some software or write some software, load it on the phone yourself, uh, try to get around some of these restrictions. North Korean phones come programmed so that they'll only accept software from the uh, sort of official government app store. Uh, and the app store in North Korea isn't even an online app store. You have to go to a phone shop and they plug your phone in with USB and they transfer programs to your phone. Uh, so people that have uh, some, some very clever, uh, you know, hackers in the West have had North Korean cell phones and looked through them. And uh, they're all struggling to come up with ways that these phones could be used for anything other than the official purposes. Uh, it's, it's an interesting um, it's an interesting exercise to do. And I'm sure at some point, maybe someone will slip up. But uh, I think that's still quite um, that's still quite a long way off because uh, also the hackers in North Korea. Uh, you know, where are they learning their trade um, in, in the um, South Korea, in, in Japan, in the U.S., in Europe? Um, hackers will get on the Internet when they're young and they'll play around and they'll probe websites and they'll, they'll develop skills on their own. But in North Korea, they don't have that ability anyway. So getting to that level for hacking, the only way you can do it is, is through the sort of government sanctioned training courses. And then you're becoming a hacker for the government. Um, so it's definitely not in your interest to try to go against that. Right. But we did see these tech execs from South Korea in North Korea this week. Maybe they'll see an opportunity there, even under restricted guidelines, to sell hardware and limited software. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, I think that's one of the things that uh, North Korea wants. Uh, and, and one of the things that um, it seems uh, companies like Samsung are, are being gently pressured by the South Korean government to do um, as, as part of uh, sort of better relations between the two countries. Uh, North Korea did um, earlier this year launch high definition television. Uh, folks um, at uh, a lot of the a lot of the technology goes into North Korea through um, air travel, and it's a common sign um, at Beijing Airport to see people loading up things like flat screen TVs um, onto onto the flight to North Korea. So uh, I, there's definitely a demand there, especially amongst the more wealthy people in Pyongyang, uh, and uh, also on the other side for these South Korean companies. Um, something they've done before, uh, you know, in, in Kaesong and places like that, is use North Korea as a place to manufacture technology uh, because they did a large workforce in North Korea. The uh, wage level is much lower than in South Korea or in some other parts of Asia. Uh, so there's also that possibility as well of using it as a manufacturing base. We know that Chairman Kim, when he visited China in late March, uh, tried out virtual reality and has an interest in science and technology. Is there a danger, a dark side to that as well, uh, how, how technology could be applied in this sort of regime? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that uh, someone like you know you or I will often worry about, um, people in freer societies, we worry about whether Google or Facebook is tracking us. We worry about companies like Cambridge Analytica. We worry about all these uh, little um, tokens that we're leaving all over the Internet and what people can figure out about us. In North Korea, the worry is that that's all being collected by the government. Uh, if you give someone a smartphone, 
then the government has the ability or, or the um, potential ability to track people in real time. Uh, North Korea's uh, recently been pushing uh, electronic money, um, smart cards. Uh, if you give someone a smart card, the government then gains the ability to see where they spend their money and what time they went into the subway and things like that. Um, all of these uh, downsides to technology that we're seeing in our free societies uh, are the same in North Korea, but in North Korea, uh, it's the government. It's not private companies that are potentially exploiting that. And, and that, can get very, um, that can get very scary because it means that the government has another way of monitoring what its people are doing. Um, North Korea has also launched an IPTV service. Uh, you can get a little box that, uh, and you can watch uh, only state television, but you can watch state TV. Um, so now, potentially, the government knows who's watching television, what channels they're watching, what programs they're watching, if they bothered to watch the Kim Jong-un speech on television last night, or if they switched the TV off halfway through. All that type of stuff is potentially collectible by the government. And that could get quite scary in a society like North Korea, where the government demands uh, sort of absolute devotion to the government and to the party. It certainly does sound scary. And... I mean, we're talking about Samsung and LG standing by and South Korea wanting to cooperate. But is it not more likely then that this technology is going to come further from China, where we're also seeing great fears about mass profiling and monitoring? Yeah, I think China is a potential model for North Korea. Uh, one of the things that happened, uh, has been happening in the last couple of years that's interesting is that uh, we've seen this new Internet center being built in North Korea. Um, now, there is Internet in North Korea. Normal people don't have access to it. Uh, but, uh, you know, as I said, foreigners visiting have access. Government departments will have access to it. And there's about 20 or 30 websites based in Pyongyang that are on the Internet. Um, the uh, government has been building this rather large uh, place called the Internet Communication Center right downtown in Pyongyang. Uh, we still don't know what it's for, but the question uh, or the assumption has to be that it, it's for sort of greater um, use of the Internet. And uh, potentially China could be a model for that, uh, the way that the country has its great firewall. Uh, North Korea, I expect, would have a uh, harsher version of that. Uh, there wouldn't, I think, be the sort of all of the freewheeling discussions um, that, that, you know, go against the go against the party and against the leadership that you see in China. Uh, but in many ways, North Korea can look to China. It can learn from the way that China has used technology to advance its economy, uh, but also uh, keep a handle on any sort of potential um, uh, dissatisfaction that the general public has. Uh, so certainly the Chinese companies, uh, we'll be we'll be looking into this as well, and and North Korea has always had good relations with right. China, so I think it's looking to to both countries. Martin Williams, thank you.